Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Karis. Hey, Michelle. How are you? Ah, hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing well. We're podcasting with masks on today just to be we are overly yes. cautious. Because a few of us have traveled yes. and we're trying our best to be responsible. Yes, so absolutely. Responsible but with our germs. We I could not wait for today because we are kind of going through a little mini series on teens. And we have two special guests here that are very close to you. Karis's girls, Riley and Lydia. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. <laughs> yes. yes. We have been talking about having them on for a while because we have been talking about teens and we thought, well, let's find some real live teens to come in. <laughs> Teenagers in their natural habitat. Exactly. <laughs> so we're excited to talk to you guys today and thank you for being here. Of course. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, good. good. Well, we'll see how you feel after this. I know, so. right? <laughs> so we're going to be really excited. excited. No. <laughs> First, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not cool enough to do this because I don't know any slang. Like, neither do I. You don't? I'm oh, not. Because I was going to ask you. At all. I'm, oh, I'm right. better. I really think, am not cool. Yeah, I think Lydia's a little bit more hip with it. Yeah. <laughs> and Riley is like, was, well, I don't know. Lydia was also born an old lady, so. I was, but I was born like an old gangster lady. Okay, so. I love it. Okay, so real quick, Riley, your age? I'm almost 18. Almost 18. Almost a month. Uh-uh. And you will be a senior this year. Yes. Yes. I can't believe that I just heard the words, I'm almost 18, yeah. come out of my baby's lips. Oh, like, somebody hold me. And Lydia? I am 16, and I'm going to be a junior this next year. Yeah. So you guys are close, only one year apart in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys get along very well, and you both play lacrosse. Oh, we hate each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're they just friends. hide it really well. No. Yeah. I always see you together. Love and you're each both other. in choir, a lot of the same interests. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're yeah. hardly ever apart. Yeah. I'd say. Usually, like, our bedrooms are right next to each other. There's just one wall in between them. But most Mm -hmm. of the time, I'm in her room with her. (laughs) Like, she's in my room with me. She'll just walk in and be like, I'm bored. Hey, what's up? You want goldfish? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want goldfish? They're usually eating snacks in their room, getting crumbs in their beds. But um, but they they shared a room for many years. I think up until uh, probably Riley was 13 or 14 before you guys got your own room. I'm not sure. Um, I, can't I think it was earlier than that. Well, I think okay, maybe I was in like fifth grade. Okay, and she was in sixth grade. Yeah, but um, mm-hmm. even even though we had the space to give you your own rooms, we chose to have you guys share your room for a long time. And so, honestly, people ask me all the time, like, "Oh my gosh, your girls are such good friends, and they seem to just really love each other and get along." Like, what did you do? And honestly, I don't feel like I can take any credit (laughs) for you guys loving each other but the one thing that i do tell people is if you can have your kids share room because i do think in that room like and everything right Mm -hmm. and that was also kind of my policy is like everything that we own everybody else owns and it doesn't mean you can't have a few special Mm -hmm. things but honestly like we just kind of hold things with an open hand and that was the expectation so there just wasn't a whole lot of fighting over possessions or clothes or it was just kind of like yeah talk about it and make sure that like the other person doesn't want to wear that same thing that day and then take care of 
you know, yeah. your own things and each other's things. Yeah. But they just, you know, other than that, it's been all you guys and God's grace. I mm. think that you guys are such good friends and get along so well. Huge blessing. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we need you to, um, try your best to educate us on a couple of slang words. Yes. So, okay. so, so I heard you say, I think it was um, a couple weeks ago, Lydia, sus. And I uh, acted really cool. Like I was like, totally. Like, I have no idea what that means. What does sus mean? So to my knowledge, sus is short for suspicious. So sus oh, is like okay. they're acting sus. Like they're acting like like they did something bad so or like that's kind of that's sus that's like oh, sus. Yeah. so like if you pull up to a gas station and there's like some shady things going down it's like oh that gas station's sus like oh, let's okay. not go there okay yeah. i like it so, okay or sketch that's sketch like yeah sketchy. it's kind of like a different version of sketch so it's okay. like similar to that all right what about flex Ooh, um, i like this one um lydia does this all the time oh, <laughs> oh snap not sorry yeah. wow okay. no it's a good thing no let's talk about it no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> uh flex is kind of like brag sort of oh but it yeah. can be in many different forms so not just like talking but or it's like kinda, show off a yeah like bit. show off okay. exactly yeah lydia loves shoes so she always flexes her shoes she yeah flexes. i'm okay. flexing my jordans today if anybody yeah. cares yes. what kind of we'll say specifically what they are in case we have any Sneakerheads sneaker yeah. listening. I am wearing um, the Jordan 4 Fossils. They're a women's shoe. They are like light brown and they're the love of my life. And I wear <laughs> Great. Them Would I say they that in Jesus? Woke? Is that, that, yeah. Are, are <laughs> yes. they woke? What does woke mean? Woke is more of like a political oh, term in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like woke is like you're like well informed. Yeah. yeah. To, oh, I thought woke like, was like sick. No, oh, woke I'm like, like I'm woken up to how you're, cool your Jordans are. Oh, oh no, <laughs> oh, that's no, not, okay. that's not. Yeah, no. So woke is more political. Woke, woke, woke is, is like, like you know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, sorry, the teens should answer. No, that's, like you got it though. It's basically that of just like being aware of like what's going on and like current events. Yeah, and... but also it, like whether or not you're woke depends on somebody else's like opinions. opinions right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Here's the last one. Finsta. Oh, skip. That's I have like no skip. Idea. Riley knows. <laughs> Riley. So it's like Riley's about to flex. <laughs> I just threw up a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> That's me. Um, Finsta is like a second Instagram that you kind of just don't okay. care about. So it's not like so much you're flexing your life. It's more like it's kind of sus, photos. though, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, is it kind of like a fake one so your parents like don't know? Secret or um, it can be, but like I guess I have a Finsta. Is it like a spam? Yeah, it's like a spam oh, account. Okay, so you just okay. like it's more funny. It's like okay. you post it's, things that more you just want your yeah, friends yeah. to see. I forgot I had one until you brought like, that up. I don't think I've posted so on it. Does it stand for fake Instagram? Finsta? I believe so. Is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> like I said, not hip with the teens. So we'll find out. <laughs> well, That's awesome. Hipper than we are. Well, thank you. Any <laughs> other slang that we need to know before we move on to heart issues? Um, probably nothing appropriate. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I use Moving like, on. I use like older words, like epic. And I say that groovy was righteous, a lot. Groovy. Or gnarly. gnarly. I say, I, this is wicked the, i, I say danky word. spanky <laughs> which is totally not like 
something that anybody else uses. you're trying it's you're your trying to like make that yeah happen. yeah definitely right, we'll start trending danky okay. spanky <laughs> hashtag danky <laughs> hashtag oh, danky gosh. hashtag spanky <laughs> <laughs> we can start calling you danky and spanky too yeah there you go be great oh i love it well thank you for entertaining us you're welcome we, today we really wanted to talk about some of the the pressures facing teens get some of your insight on maybe why teens rebel um i know you guys are perfect little angels no i'm just kidding that's not why we have you on here we have you on here just because we know you we trust you we know that you'll give good insight maybe not even about things that you've gone through but maybe some of your friends as Mm -hmm. well so that you can help our listeners navigate um parenting the teens and i want our listeners to know that i have no idea what my girls are going to say. I so love it. We're doing this off the cuff. We did not go over this at all. We've not gone over this, and and I have not put any words in their mouth. And I really, I really want um, you know them to feel free to be honest. And um, because really, that's how do we, how do we move forward if we can't really communicate with each other on an honest level. So I want I want listeners to know I have no idea what they're going to say and how they're going to answer any of these questions. Yeah, so. exactly. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's kick it off with maybe Riley, if you would feel comfortable kind of starting this one. What are the biggest pressures that are facing teens right now? Oh, my gosh. Everything. Really? I think like being in high school, especially this year, people are like, where are you going to college? What do you mm-hmm. want to do with your life? Right. Well, because you just have finished up your junior year. Right. That's like like that's the cusp of when everybody expects you to have their whole rest of your life planned out. In middle school, people were asking me where I wanted to go to college. Really? I what? No, I have no idea. (laughs) I think a lot of it has to do with like when the whole time in middle school, it's like you have time and like Mm -hmm. you can figure out whatever. After junior year, it's like you have time, but not much. Yeah. So, (laughs) like. (laughs) You got to figure it out. I think that's a big pressure. I think there's a lot of social pressure, too, to, like, fit in and know what's cool. Just things like that. Mm -hmm. Would you guys say that you feel like there's more pressure for your generation? Or do you think it was harder for your parents or grandparents? Mm -hmm. I think with every generation comes new challenges. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to, like, compare because some of the stuff they were dealing with is very different than like what we're dealing with. So, I, I think the pressure to fit in is 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 so universal. That's universal. To, yeah, that's true. To that, especially just that age group. Yeah. In general, I think all people kind of want to fit in, no matter what age you are. But especially teens. But I think now there is a visibility and mm-hmm. like everybody broadcasts everything now mm-hmm. right. with social media mm-hmm. and with you know, our digital world, it's like, it's not, you're not just trying to fit in with your people. It's like, now you have this added pressure of like, the whole world's eyes are on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, like a big thing that I notice for, I think all people, but especially young people like our age is just the fear, fear of failure is Mm -hmm. like a big thing that everybody like wants to avoid is failing and like feeling like you failed. So I think that's so true like competing with the whole world and trying to fit in with like this mold that people think you should be in is like really scary and really hard Mm -hmm. and also it's such a weird time in your life because you're trying to be a kid but when Mm -hmm. you be a kid they're like we'll be an adult and then when Mm -hmm. you try and be an adult 
they're like, well, why aren't you just enjoying your youth? And you're like, I don't know. You're just yeah. telling me everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you're sort of straddling these two two different in worlds. Your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want. I mean, I remember when I was a teen, I wanted the independence of right. being an adult. But um, first of all, I wasn't. I didn't get to have that a lot of the time, just <laughs> because you know I wasn't ready for it. But then you're still like. You want to be, like you said, you want to be a kid. You want to enjoy mm-hmm. things. and yeah. 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 I think it's like you want that independence, but then when you go out and find it and realize you weren't ready, you want to have a safety net to go yeah. back to. Like, yeah. I want my mommy. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. the responsibilities of adulthood are not always yeah. fun. It's scary. <laughs> well, yeah, and, it, and this isn't like a new slang or whatever, but it's a it's a word that I had never heard when I was you guys' age, adulting, right? Mm-hmm. This the, the the verb adulting, right? This whole idea that you want the the adult privileges without the adulting. And yes. trust me, I would love the adult privileges without the adulting too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sure. adulting stinks a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. What do you think um I feel like you guys have a really good relationship and talk pretty candidly with your mom and dad. But as far as like when you look at some of your friends, what do you think your friends are scared to talk to their parents about? Or you wish or they were like, I wish my mom would just talk to me and communicate with me about this or my dad would. Where's there a communication breakdown between teens and their parents? I think a lot of it has to do with, like, this sort of hierarchy because, like, obviously it makes sense that kids should be kids and adults should be adults. And, like, your parents should be in control of most of what you do because, like we said earlier, we're not ready to hold all this responsibility. But I think something that fails with that is not realizing that, like, your kid is going through some of the same stuff you did. Mm. So, like guiding them rather than pushing them Mm -hmm. sort of being like or like admitting that you can be wrong like we had a friend the other day say to you mom that like it's really cool that like you can admit that you were wrong sometimes because like I never hear that from my parents Mm -hmm. my parents have never said I'm sorry I was wrong yeah I I mean specifically what happened just you know to throw myself under the (laughs) bus but specifically what happened is like we were we were you know, just kind of sitting around and there was something that um, Riley had asked me to email to her and I had emailed it. What I was thought Lydia? I had, oh, Lydia, anyway, thought that I had emailed it, but she hadn't received it. She asked me, hey, can you forward that thing to me? And I was like, oh, I did. You know, and it came out like, and then Riley, you were just like, okay, you know, it's all right. It's going to be fine. (laughs) And I didn't even realize my tone was like that. But then when I thought about it, I was like, you're right. My tone was like that. And, And then I said, just so you girls know what was happening in my head when I said that is I was mad at myself because I thought for sure I had done it, but I'm sure I screwed it up somehow. Mm-hmm. And I said, and just so you know, most of the time when I snap back at you, it's because I'm upset with myself. Right. And after that, their friend that was sitting on the couch with us at the time just said, I've never heard my parents admit to being wrong. Wow. And I'm like, it's so second nature to me because I am wrong so often. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you're humble enough to admit it. And a lot of parents, you're saying, Lydia, uh, their parents might be too prideful Mm -hmm. or. Well, and I grew up with that that. example as well, Mm -hmm. though. You know, I grew, I just 
that was just normalized in yeah. the Kimmel family growing up. Yeah. It's just like you were quick to admit when you were wrong and to mm-hmm. ask forgiveness. And so, but I think a lot of people didn't grow up with parents. You know, a lot of parents now our age didn't grow up with parents who ever admitted they were wrong because there's right. this idea that it erodes your authority somehow to mm-hmm. do that, right? So, yeah. yeah so, so you, you would say it would be great if parents would admit when they're wrong. Yeah. Or maybe even talk about some of the mistakes they made. Exactly. Because if, if we never admit we're wrong, we don't grow. And then mm-hmm. the growth, it's just stunted and like nothing, fi- like nothing gets fixed. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really important because like we're all humans and we're all wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but if we can never admit that, then it like just, it's messy. Mm-hmm. Do you think kids are teens are um afraid to talk about sex with their parents oh yeah for sure definitely Mm -hmm. definitely that's probably why schools like public schools ended up having to do it Mm -hmm. this is like well their parents aren't talking about it so we'll teach them but mainly public schools way of doing it is abstinence teaching rather than knowledge teaching Mm -hmm. and to be quite honest i don't think like teens would have a problem asking i think that they're nervous to ask their parents because they're like, oh, why have you had sex? Or like, are you sexually active? Oh, because or... they think their parents will think it means that they're right and... doing things they may or may not be doing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I know a lot of people that are like, I wish my parents talked freely about this stuff because mm-hmm. I'm fine with freely talking about it. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just like nervous what my parents are going to think or that's like, a really yeah. good point. Or their parents are like, I don't want to talk about that with right. my kid. They know it makes their parents so uncomfortable. Right. Right. Hmm. Have you guys, what do you think? I have friends that are, that say, well, I don't want to tell my kid that I X, Y, Z when I was a teenager. Oh. Like, I, and I don't know why. I'm like, might as well tell them because if they can learn from our mistakes and avoid some of the same minefields, that, you know, that we took, I'm all about sharing the ways I yeah. messed up. Do you think parents share enough with their kids about some of the struggles that they had as teens? No, I no. don't think so. No. It makes you feel less alone because, like, I'll ask yeah. mom questions all the time about high school mm-hmm. and she'll tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. okay, that makes me feel, you know, like I'm not the only one. Or mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it comes back around to that fear of failure thing because if you hold, if you think your parents were these, like, perfect mm-hmm. teens when they were your age, then you're like, well, I'm not doing that and I'm failing and I'm mm-hmm. not as good as them. But I think if they share that, like, yeah, I messed up and I went to parties and I did all this, then you're like, oh, it's okay because you turned out good mm-hmm. and you're a good parent. But I think parents are worried to be like, to tell them that they went to parties because then, like you just said, oh, it's Give okay that I go to parties, yeah. right? So, so there, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Yeah. You just got to like find that balance. You know, mm-hmm. you can be honest with your kid, but also let them know that nothing good ever really came from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, because I did this, that's why I, you know, that's why I want you to be cautious with it. Or mm-hmm. that's why I don't want you to do it because of how much, you know, strife and pain it caused me and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are really good insights. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question about your guys's upbringing. I can ask this because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about kind of transitioning to faith. Okay, so I know you were raised with Christian parents. What was that like growing up? Um, And how 
were you encouraged to find your own faith or were you? I mean, I assume you were because I know your mom. But (laughs) what was your faith journey like growing up? And how do you think that's molded you as teens that desire to live your life for the Lord? That's a good question. I remember going to Pine Cove, which we just came back from. And feeling... Pine, Pine Cove is a is a Christian yes um, family family camp. camp, and they have youth camps, and, and it's been a Kimmel family family tradition for oh more than thirty five yeah, years. It's been yeah. a while, long time. Mm-hmm. But I always remembered feeling really like far behind when we did Bible studies because all these kids would quote stri- scripture, and <laughs> little old me was like, I don't know any of that. And, and it was not for lack of trying, just so No, it was not for lack <laughs> yeah. of trying. <laughs> we flunked Awanas. So yeah, yeah, never good at We Awanas. dropped out after a year, too, so yeah. no judgment. <laughs> but um, it was just kind of like coming to that maturity, and my parents never forced it on me, which I can't, I can't speak for the other kids, but maybe that's what their parents did, and they were in Awana, and they learned all this scripture. But, like, growing up, having my own faith and kind of digging deeper by myself it really helped to like you know figure out what I believed personally Mm -hmm. so then I'm not it's like so lost when I get to high school or to college Mm -hmm. being like well this is what my parents taught me instead of like I believe this Mm. yeah I think for so many like I'm seeing this with like people my age and then like also people of like you guys' age sort of going through like a deconstruction of faith mm-hmm. when they spent mm-hmm. so long in one place and they're like, okay, well, I'm here now. Maybe I should sort of go back through the files and sort of look at things that might be wrong or might I don't believe anymore, or just stuff like that. I think that's really important in finding your own faith is like I when you grow up in Sunday school, you're it depends on the ministry and it depends on the church and like everything and sometimes you're being streamlined into this like idea mm. and you mm. go to another church and that's not the case anymore and then your whole faith can like fall apart because you're like well I don't know what to believe anymore mm. so I think it's would be healthy for I think everyone at some point in their life to sort of deconstruct their faith and read scripture and look at like what they believe and what scripture says and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of where I'm at personally right now is going through a deconstruction of like, what do I believe and what do I actually like want to go with and Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Well, and and the term deconstruction can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It's not like a negative. It's not necessarily a negative. Although I think in any process like that, when you're willing to to allow your doubts to be, made you know examined examined Mm -hmm. and and to really kind of the way i think about it is like your faith is like this sort of wall or building that's been built and every brick is sort of a a a part of that belief system and so in deconstruction the hope is that you go brick by brick and really ask yourself do i really believe this is this really true or was i streamlined into this belief system and I don't really even understand it. Right. Um, so understanding and then asking yourself, do I believe it? And you may find bricks that need to just completely come out of that wall. But yeah. the hope is that then you reconstruct your faith mm-hmm. in an authentic way. Yeah, and not exactly. everybody makes it to that point in the process. And that's that's everybody's fear. It's like, if I start to deconstruct, what's going to happen? Yeah. 
Um, the goal is not to walk away from your faith. It's to build it back up and make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, like, I think we seek comfort rather than growth so mm. often as humans. And, like, we need to – I'm hesitant to say this because this is, like – I think this is, like, a clothing company or something. But, like, <laughs> seek discomfort mm. to – find those things that make you kind of uncomfortable in your faith and build them back up and make them stronger. Mm. Yeah. And we were learning a lot this week. Like it's not a bad thing to wrestle with God and ask him questions. Like, why are you putting me through this? Or, you know, why did this happen to me? It's not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. because yeah, like Lydia was saying, we seek comfort in a lot of things and like, I think to fully seek comfort in God, we have to ask those questions and do a little bit of wrestling. Yeah. In order to, like, get to comfort, we need to first go through discomfort. Mm -hmm. Anne Lamott says in her book, Bird by Bird, one of my favorite books about writing, but she has a line in there that says, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's, we think that that our faith is shaken by doubt, but um, faith requires um, being sure of that which we can't see. It's and and so doubt is not necessarily the the opposite of that. It's it's healthy to question mm-hmm. that because then that that um, allows us to really build our faith. And so mm-hmm. I love that. I went through the same thing. When I was in junior high, I was raised in a Christian home as well, but I started uh, and I went to church, you know, twice a week. But then I was like, is this real? You know? And Mm -hmm. I started researching, Mm -hmm. went to the Mormon church, I went to Catholic church. I went to, I read all these books. Mm -hmm. And and then after my little journey of exploration, Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I do believe this. This makes the most sense. I get it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my own probably right. like yeah. around eighth grade or something. Yeah. And then I knew I wasn't doing it for my parents. I was doing it because I had been on this journey and right. discovery. And that's where, yeah. you know, God had brought me to build mm-hmm. that confidence. We Let me ask. raise little parrots. We want to raise. Exactly. I want to raise Strong. kids who yeah. know what they believe and why they believe it. Because, right. And parrots uh, are so annoying. Parrots are parrots annoying. Parrots are. I know. <laughs> Sorry to any of the yeah. par- parrot Be careful lovers. with parrots. Because <laughs> yeah. what you I say, love they will repeat. That's just yeah. say bad things. They'll say <laughs> it too. Kids will do that too. Well, yeah, so. I ha- my boys are eight, six, and three. And my eight and six-year-old are like, Mom. Like sometimes we'll be in the car and we're talking about something about Christianity. And they've started this, how do we really know what's true? How do we know the stories are true? How do we know the Bible's real? How do we know other religions aren't right? And my gut reaction as a parent is to defend. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to defend our faith. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, we know because, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. no one's ever been able to disprove. And I'm like, well, those are really. So I have to stop myself. And I think that this is what I hear you guys saying is parents should not be jamming faith yeah. down our kids throat we need to encourage them and so i have to catch myself and say those are really good questions and i think we should work through those and pray about it and we can talk about it but that's something that you're gonna have to decide and i hope that you choose to live and walk with the lord but 
that's and this is how dad and I will raise you and point you in this direction but ultimately it's your faith it's between you and the Lord and you need to we need to figure that out right but I want to defend and I think it's a, a lot of Christian parents tend to do that well, we take on the role of being apologists. Yeah, you know? and the Holy Spirit. And that's um, not our job. It's not our job. <laughs> and, and ultimately, I think it backfires because mm-hmm. I, I think everybody goes through some level of a, you know, I'm doing air quotes, deconstruction. Right. Right. Whether it's in, you know, earlier in their faith journey, like in junior high or high school, I think if they don't have it then, it's, it's coming in college. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen then, it's coming later on in their life. Mm-hmm. I just think... So as parents, like, wouldn't we rather have something like that happen when our kids are still younger, still under our roof, where we have some level of being able to point them towards resources Mm -hmm. and have them talk to people that that, um, can help them rather than having that happen when they're far from us, when they feel isolated, when they feel alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And when other voices, whether it's university professors or friends, have a bigger influence. Have a larger influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So do you guys think that, I mean, you're almost 18, 16, wait, 17? Yes, 16. 16, sorry. 16 and 17, almost Of the Christian kids that you've seen rebel, over the years. Why do you think that is? Because here at Family Matters, we hear over, have heard for years, like, I raised my kids right. They went to Christian school. We were at Sunday school. We did <laughs> Awana. They got the Timothy Award and now they're rebelling. Mm-hmm. That's why. Why? Well, that's and, why. And, why and, and your grandpa is. wrote an entire book on it. But right. I would, yeah, we would love to know. Yeah. Why do you think? Why? Yeah, it's and, just that force feeding thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If you give, your kids the freedom to question and think what they want to think they're not going to rebel as as much as they could have yeah Mm -hmm. it's like i always think about it like when a superhero first gets their powers like when (laughs) spider-man first gets his powers all he wants to do is just like swing around the city and like go exploring and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it's like you force feed your kids this i these ideals and all this stuff and then when they're old enough and they can drive and they have this all this responsibility and freedom that's like a superpower and they want to play with it mm-hmm. and they want to see what it can do and that's sort of I think when they rebel because they're like well let's explore this and let's see what this looks like and often so much that teens rebel and can be addicting and so they get caught up in it mm-hmm. so. and, and like what Michelle was saying like if they've grown up just surrounded by Christianity and they've never had anything to test like their faith or what they believe then they're just gonna be like well is it actually real Uh, do i actually believe this Mm -hmm. because i've never been proven otherwise yeah so so you think it's important that our kids are exposed to people who think and believe differently than them Mm -hmm. and live differently than them and (laughs) rather than shielding them yeah i mean i'm 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 trying to paraphrase just to make it clear you know you think that it's that that's important rather yeah. than yes trying to keep them sort in of a cloister, bubble in a bubble in yeah a christian bubble yeah like so that. pop that christian bubble mom and dad yeah yeah <laughs> and pop it sooner than later yeah please yeah, yeah. so and public school's fun too 
Public school is fun. Yeah. That is fun. You meet yeah. so many different types of people. You learn lots of cuss words that way. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> lots of slang there. Yeah. More people to love in public school. Oh, Defense oh. yeah. You, I think that's a big thing. You learn to love all types of people. Mm. Wow. And that's awesome. I think that's something so important for Christians because, like, we're taught to love everybody, but if we're not exposed to those really messy people, then when they come along in our life, we don't know how to Mm. handle it. Mm. So I think that's something so powerful and beautiful about public school and, like, going to school places like that is, like, you get involved with messy people and you learn how to love them through that. and You're the light in their messy world. Yeah. And I think there's cool. ways to to be intentional to introduce that into your kid's life if they go to a Christian school, if they are homeschooled. There's ways Absolutely. to do it, but yeah. I think it, it does require a, a higher level of intentionality, mm-hmm. whereas send them to public school and that will happen by <laughs> right. default. You know what I mean? It, it, the environment is such that I think that just happens, you know, on its own, but... But I do want, you know, I want our listeners who have different, you know, school choices for their kids. That's great. But there's a, there's ups and downs with everything. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah. you, then you have to find ways. Okay, how am I going to get my kids involved in a community of people where, yeah, people are messy and mm-hmm. learning to love people that are different from yeah. them. And your neighborhoods are a great yeah. example of this, right? So, or sports. Yeah, or, so sports mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know, getting involved in, you know, community organizations that are full of people that are different yeah. than us, right? We so. only speak on public school because that's just the only experience oh, yeah, we've that's had. We've yeah. never been homeschooled anything like that. It's Thank always been public God. school. Well, now you are. <laughs> with COVID. Well, well, sort of now. Yeah. 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 If there was ever a time in your, in your um, you know, sort of educational career that I would feel the least qualified to homeschool you it would be your it junior be now yes. <laughs> i stopped being able to do that math at about fifth grade so mm-hmm. that's yeah. fair i, I forget it every year fifth grade math it's so. <laughs> all right i'm not Most very good at this stuff that was a good did you just think that are you smarter than a fifth grader theme song um, maybe i did yeah maybe i did it okay let me ask you guys if a couple more questions for you what and karis doesn't know this is coming because it just popped in my head but what did your mom and do mom and dad do so well that you guys are turning out so great and I know this story is continuing. That sounds it's really... It's a leading question, it is. by the way. <laughs> it totally Compliment is. me right no, now. No, tell no, me what I did saying, right. As far as communication, like you have said, I we feel comfortable talking to our mom about sex. We are okay doubting our faith and um, still feeling accepted. How did your parents treat you or how do they communicate so to make you not be wanting to rebel or not wanting to keep secrets? I think it comes back to that whole like grace position of like we don't want you to do these things but if you do them we're not going to like there's going to be consequences Mm -hmm. but we're not going to shun you we're not going to shame you like Mm -hmm. none of that there's not going to be like psychological punishment it's rather just like hey you messed up let's talk about it these these are the consequences that come from this but it's not like anything worse than that pretty much yeah i think that's a big thing and you guys never treated us like our age Mm -mm. if that makes sense Hmm. like when we were 12 and 13 you didn't you know treat us like you're stupid when we asked Mm -hmm. a stupid question you would (laughs) 
you know, answer it in a way that made us not feel guilty for asking questions, Mm -hmm. which I think is super important for teenagers when you grow up. Because if you've grown up and your parents are like, that's a dumb question. Like, I think you would tell us if it was a stupid question, like a really (laughs) stupid question. But um, just like setting that standard where you can be free to talk and ask questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys gave us a lot of freedoms too. Like you started out giving us freedom. We didn't earn freedom. Mm -hmm. We had freedom. And then if we did something, it was taken away for a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't think either of us have ever been grounded. No. Probably should have. It's like maybe a couple points. But I, I just think because, you know, the big things have whole set of natural consequences that mm-hmm. come with them yes yeah. and so a lot of the time it's like okay you, here's what's going to come to bear right from that and yeah. then it can be done you know we don't really need to do anything more than that but mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure i've grounded you each at least twice but it clearly had no impact yeah. on you <laughs> you can't remember. well i think memory. i was grounded once but it was for like 24 hours and I couldn't watch TV. Yeah. yeah. And I think I snuck a couple I don't peeps. think it was ever <laughs> anything like you can't see your friends or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I would have remembered that. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I would have like, remembered I, that too. I hate, I always hated taking away things like watching TV because then that means that I can't watch right. it. <laughs> Means that you or have like to watch no sweets. Well, now I can't eat the brownies that right. I made right either. Yeah. So I, a lot of those things were selfish because I didn't want to have to enforce them on myself. Yeah. So, we're not complaining. And yeah. This from the lady who wrote, you know, the discipline book. But yeah. but That's yeah, funny. it's like pick consequences that you can reasonably keep. Yeah. 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 So, but I love Lydia how you said um, part of the reason you guys haven't wanted to rebel and have had open lines of communication is that your parents have given you the freedom to speak openly and candidly and have given you grace when you needed it and that does not mean that there hasn't been consequences or Mm. you know freedoms taken away yeah Um, but that's cool to see grace-based families in action (laughs) yes so on my my parting question Karis unless you have any for your girls what advice would you give to parents who are either in the thick of teens or like myself, who's going to be there soon. In a couple of years, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something un- I think that's unfortunate is I hear a lot of parents be like, because I think there's only so high of an age you can really continue to parent your kids. I think when they get to the point where they can think like very complexly for their self, it's a bit too late. Mm-hmm. So like there's I think it's just being conscious of like um you know knowing the things that they're I'm kind of rambling but like they're gonna mess up and just showing them that grace will really Mm -hmm. help and um yeah like I think that's something so beautiful about teens is like you watch your little kids like become these almost adults and like we can have conversations like this like Mm -hmm. this is so cool that we get to be on a podcast with you guys Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because like we can think fully for ourselves pretty much yeah. and you guys always say like we don't really parent you anymore like you guys know that right like yeah you guys are pretty much to the point where we we do but like if right. you didn't want us to 
we didn't we couldn't well, do anything I, about that. I think it's it's not so much that this is uh, that we have chosen not to parent you anymore. No, not at all. As much as we have recognized the reality, mm-hmm. and and we're aware of the fact that our influence in your life is waning, mm-hmm. as it should. That's yeah. natural. It's normal. And you're on the launch pad into adulthood. And so what I see the the biggest um, usefulness of these teen years are as is that we are your soft place to fall right now. <laughs> we want to let you, we want to give you, like you said, the freedom to make mistakes. And we would love for you to make, a, you know, a bunch of them while you're under our roof, while we have the ability to help you through those things. Yeah help you learn from those things while the stakes are lower <laughs> mm-hmm. and while we have the ability to have some influence and and rather than you you know saving up all those big mistakes until you leave our home yeah. and we provide for you and you know I, I think at this point it's like I'm trying to teach you basic cooking and you know mm-hmm. like how to do your banking stuff and you know some financial literacy and teen years are great for that because you're kind mm-hmm. of at the point where it's like okay life skills are important too and yeah so that that's parenting but you're right yeah we've we've kind of stopped parenting you in the same way that we did when you were younger yeah what do you um, think riley i think from seeing friends experience like don't fight fire with fire mm-hmm. like it infuriates teens at least from what i've seen when they have to be the adult in the situation mm-hmm. Like, you're the adult, you're the actual, like, legal adult. So, kind of start those conversations and don't scream at them when they scream back at you. Like, de escalate. Yeah, de escalate yeah. the yeah. situation because, mm-hmm. you know, because you're the adult. That's, right. I mean, that yeah. could be a whole book de escalate the situation <laughs> because you're, you're the adult. The freaking adult. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Adult. Yeah. I think that's super important because I have a lot of friends that. You know, we'll get in fights with their parents and they'll be mad because they acted like a teenager would act. And that just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. fires them yeah. up more and mm-hmm. makes them more mad and resentful. Mm-hmm. I think another really important thing, like I see so much with kids my age of like having strict parents rather than having parents who give them freedom. Like I think so many people think that if you're a really strict parent, it creates really like I don't want to say good because that's a relative term but it like creates a certain type of kid but honestly being strict just teaches kids to be manipulative and teaches them how to lie or how to you know all these things to get away with doing stuff or and it it makes them feel trapped some ways Mm. so it doesn't mean like let your kids run wild and like do whatever they want it just means don't control every aspect of their life Mm. because it just teaches them how to get around that and Mm -hmm. how to it yeah wow that's a good point yeah what you're saying kind of reminds me of um what your grandpa has written in his books where wow he talks about that full circle where um when the kids are younger we're kind of policing them right we're don't do that take your shoes off sit down that's not how we talk to people say Mm -hmm. yes say thank you you know but as you get older you're more your coach, which sounds like your mom is now. She's mm-hmm. coaching you through, hey, this is how you drive. This is how you cook. There's less policing because the, mm-hmm. the hard work was done early on. Right. As well as like we have this graph here at Family Matters that's like a protection and provision graph. Uh, where Protection and, um, and um, preparation. Preparation. Right? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So while the kids are 
young, you're really high as parents with protecting them, right? They don't know right. not to run in Because you have to street. keep them alive. Yes, and they will exactly. not do that on their own. No. <laughs> they jump off dressers, like all these crazy things. But as they're getting 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you see that curve going down where you're preparing them. There's less protection and more preparation as they get ready to launch into mm-hmm. adulthood. So when those two things have an inverse relationship. Exactly. Right. You know, if if you're high on protection until the moment that they leave your home, mm. you have not prepared them. Right. They they have they sort of exist in this inverse relationship. So as you protect them less, you are preparing them more. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. well and and I just really appreciate you girls being willing to mm-hmm. come today. Yeah. Thank you from your mama. Thanks and, for having you. Um, and um, I've been and, looking forward to this for like ever oh, since you first we said it talked like, about so it. Well, I'm so glad and I'm glad that we, you know, we had to postpone this several times just because of logistical things and, and the, the dumb COVID. Um, <laughs> the world so I'm right glad now. that we kind of came came around to being able to do it. And and I wanted to just kind of leave off with a, with, if I can, with a message for parents of teens or parents of kids who are someday going to be teens. I think so often there's a narrative about teenagers that we pass around. It's like this, mm-hmm. you know, this this story that we that we tell each other that, oh, you know, be careful when they're teens someday or gosh, teens are so awful or look out, you know, they're going to be teenagers someday. Yeah, Just wait till they're toxic. teenagers. That's so annoying. Especially mm-hmm. for people who are teens. It's like, right. Thanks to hear a lot. that about yourself. Yeah, it, it is toxic. And and frankly, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. It isn't true. There there are hard things about every age and stage of our kids. Um, there's there's you know as a parent there's hard things about parenting a three year old as we all know. There's hard things about parenting a seven year old, a ten year old, a thirteen year old, an eighteen year old. But there's good things too. Mm-hmm. And so um, so what you know my message when I do talk about. Um, parenting teens or when I talk to especially you know uh, people like Michelle who have kids who are sort of you know their preteen age is coming up here really soon I think we can start early with shifting this narrative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know not continuing to pass around this ancient you know story about how awful teens are because they hear it even before mm-hmm. they're teens, they it, it's like a prophecy, right? Especially that now we, with social we media, we hear everything. You see everything. Yeah. It's broadcast. It's rem- It's yeah. yeah. There's a record of it. Everything mm-hmm. our whole lives has been an advertisement, right? Pretty much. So yeah. when something like stereotypes, we just hear them all the time. So right. like, if you say something, we're gonna hear it. We're gonna yeah. Hear it. Yeah. yeah. And 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 our words as parents are powerful and so what we say about our kids we say to them matters what we say about them to other people matters and it and it Mm -hmm. does act as a prophecy more than anything else and so why not if you know if we're going to be wrong half the time because there's good and bad about every age and stage why not highlight the wonderful things that teens are Mm -hmm. and why not tell them that they're going to be the smartest most innovative hardest working um, you know, most socially aware generation that is mm-hmm. going to change this world for the better. Why not say that? Yeah. And, you know, if 
if it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, there's at least a chance that you guys are going to believe it and yeah. and start living like it's true. Right. You know? I think if all you hear is like teens are bad and they're bratty and they rebel and all this stuff, you're like, well, if this is only the thing that people believe, why should I try being anything else? Why should mm-hmm. I be different? Yeah. 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 Yep. Good point. Well, thank you guys for your honesty. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was so fun. <laughs> Teens are the best, you guys. Yes. Thanks for flexing your they're advice. <laughs> yeah, is that good? flex, but we're pretty cool. But okay. We're pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Thanks, guys. Oh. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families Podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministries. For more podcasts and resources, check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.